0: The mental health epidemic is a huge deal. It crosses over every generation, maybe different generations handle it slightly different, but it is a huge problem, especially with the younger generation. And as leaders and managers, we've got to not only be aware of this, but what can we do about it? How can we change this so we can better serve, support, encourage, so we don't see them quit their jobs, but they can actually thrive in the midst of them that ultimately leads to greater productivity. The future of work isn't about shareholder value, technology metrics or automation. It's about being human and putting people first through actionable love. Welcome to the Love in Action podcast where we hold deep conversations with extraordinary people to help you grow as a leader and expand your business. Here's your host, Marcel Schwantes.
1: Hey, welcome to another episode of the Love in Action podcast. We remain the only business show that explores the intersection of leadership and practical love, love that will empower people to flourish and companies to thrive. Glad you could join us. And hey, if you like the episode, will you do us a kind favor? Please share it. And also, we'd be grateful if you could leave us a quick positive review to keep the show ranked high and help more people to find it. I want you to say hi to my good friend and co-host, global speaker, and three-time author, Rob Holman.
0: Marcel, always a joy and honor to join you. We got some really amazing things to talk about today, which is no different than every time you and I connect, whether it is off the grid, so to speak, and, and just talking personally, or we have the opportunity through the Love and Action podcast to have more of a formal conversation, but yet meaningful one and timely one at the same time.
1: And you know, it's funny that uh, as for podcast producers like us, you know, the challenge is that we talk, we have so much good things to say, <laughs> that uh, you know that we have to edit it and in the editing process is like oh man I don't want to take this out or take this out you know but so that's the challenging aspect of, of of producing a podcast so you got something that is absolutely crucial for discussion right now you want to share
0: yeah, I really do. I, you and I cannot get off, even if we tried, um, not to say we'd ever want to try to do this. Get off the topic of well-being, personal and professional well-being. We know that mental and emotional health is a huge part of one's well-being. More so, I came across this Harvard Business Review article. It's done a few years ago, but I think it's very timely now, especially for the workforce and each individual within the workforce coming out of the COVID kind of time period, if you will, in the epidemic. And it it cites this, that they found, uh, the Harvard Business Review found in a study that half of millennials and 75% of Gen Zs have uh, quit their job. Yes, I said it, quit their job for mental health reasons. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Think about that for a minute. Half of millennials and 75%, now we know regardless of generation the mental health epidemic is a huge deal. It, 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 it crosses over every generation, maybe different generations handle it slightly different, but it is a huge problem, especially with the younger generation. And as leaders and managers, we've got to not only be aware of this, but what can we do about it? How can we change this so we can better serve, support, encourage, so we don't see them quit their jobs, but they can actually thrive in the midst of them that ultimately leads to greater productivity. Yeah. Yeah. I want to, I'd love to get your take on that. But before that, I want to let you in on something that's happened to me in the last couple of days, very fresh story and I'll keep it tight. And this has everything to do with mental and emotional health. My wife and I went through something just in the last 48 hours that put a lot of strain and stress on us. And our, uh, my oldest son, who's 14, he has uh peanuts and tree nut allergies. Okay. So highly allergic to a lot of tree nuts and, and peanuts. But he went in for his as testing to see if he could now eat pecans. Okay. Probably like Rob, where in the world are you going with this? So, what they do, my wife takes him down into this um secured with doctors and nurses and stuff like that to actually give him small, small doses to see how much his body can take. And they check his vitals because they want to make sure, like, what can he eat? What can he not eat? All that. Well, he was doing well to a certain point. And then all of a sudden, the more that they gave him, his body reacted quite violently. And what I mean by that, they ultimately, you know, hives broke out on his tongue and in his mouth all over his body. They gave him not only one EpiPen, they gave him a second EpiPen. They had to give him a steroid. They had to get, And it got so bad, even with digesting just a little bit that he did with all the help that they provided. They said, we really believe he needs to go to the ER.
1: He's he going was going into shock.
0: Yeah, his body, he was just not in a good situation at all. So basically took the ambulance, went to the ER. Thankfully, it was right around the corner from where the visit was. And there he stayed, not only the remainder of that day, but overnight for precautionary reasons. Of course, they hooked him up to an IV to try to flush his system and do some other things. Our boy's back safe and sound. Whew. But I bring that up in light of what I just shared as it relates to emotional health, mental well-being, That's something that has left my wife and I and our family. That's a stressor. And I bring it up because we're not alone on this. There are so many workers, so many leaders and managers that perhaps it wasn't as extreme as that, but stress can find its way into our hearts and our minds and then affect what we do in the workplace. And as leaders and managers, we've got to know, we've got to have a finger on the pulse of how our people are doing and opening up conversations. It doesn't mean that every single meeting or every single one-to-one has got to turn into a full-fledged counseling session. Right. But I think you appreciate with this, Marcel, and I want to open up to dialogue with what you think about the Harvard Business Review case, as well as my own personal example, lived experience, is... I think when we are willing to go there at least a little bit with our people and allow them to go there with us and open up the highway of communication as it relates to transparency, this is where genuine connection happens and where we can intentionally support people around us and on our team. But I want you to speak to that a little bit. You do a lot of work in the area of empathy, team dynamics. You're a pioneer in this arena, so love to get your thoughts.
1: Well, first of all, thank you for sharing from the heart. And, uh, you know, we create a space of vulnerability here. And sometimes we have to model that. And you did that quite well with your story. Uh, I am so glad that your son is, is okay. That was scary. That is scary. Uh, I have a nine year old and that, that happened. Uh, you know, whoo, I am on, on bended knees, uh, at that point. So, okay. So here's what happened is the pandemic caused this great divide in the workplace where people now went home literally overnight and a lot of them a lot of us were not equipped to deal with such a such a traumatic event okay and so what happens is that as people became isolated they could not manage um that isolation it read we were already suffering from a loneliness epidemic rob before the pandemic well said okay so then that just exacerbated it even more and this the younger generations I, and by the way i don't think it's just younger generations even though the harvard study pointed to millennials and gen zers but i think that this is indicative of us our human nature is that we long for connection and we want to feel connected to our our peers coworkers uh, especially our bosses too And the pandemic took that away from us. And I'm speaking of the face-to-face stuff. Now, yes, three years later, we're seeing all of the studies that say, yeah, remote workplaces, hybrid workplaces are are the best. You know, we want flexibility and all that. That's great. But I, I am still banging the drum that you need some kind of personal connection with people in at work. You need to be able to see each other eyeball to eyeball and be shoulder to shoulder to collaborate, problem solve, and, and do things together. Because I think that, and that goes right back to all of the science that points to the fact that human beings are inherently relationship and can i call us animals <laughs> we are relational right <laughs> yes you
0: can, Marcel, you can hey that's a that's a topic of a holder podcast but keep right, going. right
1: right right <laughs> but uh so i think that that's the the long answer to your question is that the the relational aspect of work pre-pandemic in the best most healthy uh high-performing organizations that's what made them succeed and that's what you know drove them forward is the fact that they had relationships at every level of organization and people collaborated well in person that's not to say again that you can't have that in a virtual or hybrid environment you can't but because of what happened in, during the pandemic we lost that ability we lost our way and so we have to regain that back we have to regain that 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 inherent need in all of us to connect with other human beings.
0: We sure do. Well said. And here's the thing I highlighted in kind of jump-starting our conversation as it relates to demonstrating a very important principle, and that's the, the willingness to share stories. I mean, here I shared a vulnerable, I was transparent, shared a very vulnerable and fresh story. It didn't turn into a full-fledged counseling session. But yet it's opening up dialogue with us. And it just so happens thousands of leaders and managers all over the world are listening in. And, and here's the thing. So, so I believe foundationally storytelling, and you hear me say this all the time, Marcel, and we're on an ongoing conversation about this as well, the importance, the value of storytelling, of just opening up some dialogue there. So it lets me in on your life. You let me in on your life. And now there's a human-to-human exchange in the workplace that would never be there otherwise unless we were that much more intentional. What, let's get ultra practical with everyone today. Like, is there anything else that would build and foster this connection in the world? Ooh, uh,
1: yeah. I, I point right back to leadership. I mean, being that, I, I know I'm biased. We are a leadership business podcast, but I think that in order to boost the, the mental health of your employees, you need to take care of yourself first if you're a leader, right? Especially, crucial, during a time of stress when you're in crisis. So here's the thing. If you're a manager listening right now or a CEO and you're ill-equipped to manage yourself emotionally and physically, and can I toss in spiritually as well, whatever that means for you, the people under your charge, they're going to notice. So this idea of practicing self-care and recharging regularly always starts with the leader modeling the way for their workforce to do the same. So I, I'm pointing it right back to the top of the hierarchy. So and I think that and tell me what you think about this, Rob, is that when leaders model the way, I'm thinking the best case scenario is that you're going to create this culture of highly engaged, motivated and and emotionally healthy employees as well. And that right. to me, the if you want to get the business case for that kind of mental health, it's going to create great work and productivity is going to be high.
0: Yeah. And I think it goes back to values. You know, we could talk about the important values of our organization all day long. We have them up on a wall, let's say, we have them recited. We everyone else in the whole organization has that memorized, or at least we hope they do. But there's lived values because we can aspire to certain values. That's important. Yeah. But the values that are truly transferable are ones lived out day in and day out. Not as much about where we want to be, but who we are and living in and out of this place. When a leader demonstrates a value or a set of values by how they live, their lived experience as a human being and as a leader. Now the team members can't help but experience something. They're experiencing the value or set of values in and through their leader, their boss. And, and now, man, not only is that open up dialogue potentially, but team members have got to do something with that. Like subconsciously or consciously, like, what's this really mean for me?
1: Hey, I just a thought it just popped into my head to tie in values to storytelling. I'm really being more more conscious of telling my clients to practice storytelling as a way to reinforce the values in their organization. So if your value is, uh, you know, teamwork, I, I hate to use the the usual suspects, okay, but let's just use teamwork for this example. How are you demonstrating teamwork through your storytelling? And then helping other people to do the same, so that now you're you have this shared value of teamwork being talked about in your huddles and your, in your all hands on deck meetings, right? And I think that's where the power of storytelling comes in to reinforce those values. Well, I don't know what are your thoughts on that? No, it's
0: brilliant. I love. I've never thought of it in that kind of a way, but it's a hundred percent agree without a doubt. Hey, I I don't want this to escape me, so I'm going to put it on the table too. And I don't know whether it's an appropriate way to close it. You know, we've talked about storytelling and values and having a leader. Uh, I love the point that you brought up. It all goes back to the leader, you know, demonstrating certain things, living out of a, you know, this um, uh, self-discovery, embracing who they are, getting the appropriate rest, you know, because personal leadership's where it's at. Everything comes in and out of that place with our team members. But let's say a leader is living in that place and they do want to be a little bit more intentional of how they can support or encourage their team members, because let's say maybe a conversation has opened up on a one-to-one or collective basis, and they want to be a greater support. They want their organization to be a greater support with emotional, mental well-being because maybe a team member or a bunch of team members are going through a real rough time and everyone kind of knows about it. Is there anything we should keep in mind from a support system standpoint? I don't know. Maybe this goes back to HR, Marcel, and be like, do we have certain things we need to relook at as it relates to time off, and I don't know. What are your thoughts there?
1: Wow, so many things come up. I'm going to go back to those in leadership roles. You, you know, be be. We we talked about this two or three episodes ago. You and I were talking about the shepherd, the leader as yeah. a shepherd. You know, when the when you got a stray sheep, you want to make sure that you go after that stray sheep. Well, in this sense, it's like okay, who who in your organization right now if you're in a remote setting especially in a remote setting it, are 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 isolated and they're like the you know the 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 islands out there drifting out into sea you want to pull that person back or those people back into the fold and create opportunities for people to connect with one another i don't know think of social activities joint projects um I don't know, different ways for people to collaborate that will enable relationships to happen. That's, to me, what we are going after in order to address the mental health issue, right? So where can people get together in a virtual hybrid or on-site environment where they can learn and grow together and connect with one another? Because to me, that's how we're going to address this mental health issue, and address the isolation that, that is now going on so, so rampantly. But here's a, another thing. Uh, this is going to be a little more scientific. A while back, I wrote on ink on the importance of downtime. So if you're a leader, I don't know if, the, you know, you might want to mandate this to address mental health issues, okay? Neuroscience, neuroscience recommends that for every 80 to 120 minutes, that people are just barreling through and and doing work, busy work, they're in the zone, right? We need to take a 10 minute break. I like it. I like it. We need to take a 10 minute break to calm down our brain activity so that we don't get overstimulated and then lose our sharpness because that's what neuroscience is saying is that something as little as five to 10 minutes where you may be, go outside for a short walk, you know, be out in nature, listen to your favorite song in in your um, playlist, or just, you know, find a quiet room and practice some mindful meditation. That's all it's going to take to replenish the brain, neuroscience says. And and so we want to not only practice that as as leaders, but we want to encourage our employees to do the same because they're going to recharge and be ready to continue to performing at a high level.
0: Marcel, I'm holding up those that are watching on YouTube. I know this is a uh, audio podcast, but I am holding up my phone. And the reason why I'm doing that is I'm listening to you. It reminds me of one of my good friends who I partnered with for about 10 years with one of my organizations. We had over a 10-year ride. It was wonderful. We worked so, we were so cohesive together and served and submitted to each other so well. I miss him. Uh, He moved away geographically and, and things changed. But he would set a timer on his phone to remind him to do exactly what you just shared. Every, I think it was for him, it was like every you know 75 minutes or something like that. And he would do it because he gets into a certain mode and he'll forget to do it. But what that reminder did, that beep would go off, ah, time to take a break. And even though he'd give himself, maybe he was in the middle of something, he couldn't do like a very like hardcore break right then and there. But he knew in the next couple of minutes, I need to wind down. Get away from what I'm doing to refresh, bring clarity, bring some peace to my heart and soul. And he would say, after coming off of that very consistently, the amount of clarity and production that he would have off the chart. So thank right. you for highlighting that.
1: Right. You know, back in uh, you know back in the day when everyone was in the office, Google had those famous uh, nap pods, right? And you know, yeah. it all it takes is ten minutes. That was never my thing because I can't even. Call myself down to actually, you know, snooze for 10 minutes. It will take me yeah. an hour just to get to that point. So that <laughs> never worked for me, Ron.
0: <laughs> you and I have a lot in common that way. <laughs> oh my goodness. Hey, before I, I um I I do want to share this that I don't know if it's the appropriate time. It's a little off the beaten path, but I think it's appropriate because of the extraordinary work you do in the area of well-being, emotional, mental health, leadership, team dynamics. You were recently inducted into the list of 101 greatest influencers in the area of engagement. So I just want to say I'm so proud of you because the very thing that we're talking about today and that you talk uh, very consistently being the host of, of Love in Action podcast, you are paving the way. You are helping affect future generations through the work that you're doing. And that's based on who you are, Marcel. So I just wanted to acknowledge you publicly and say thank you. Job well done.
1: Well, I, thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate that, Rob. And I, I think that that's what attracts people to the message. It's not about me. I'm going to say the thing, same thing about you, your inside-out leadership. It's really not about you. We are both people that have been put on this earth and get, have been given a calling to improve the lives of people in the workplace. All right. We're going to switch gears and uh, get to our favorite segment. It's time for Mailbag. <laughs>
0: Yes, you know how I look forward to this. We both look forward to this. I'm I'm waiting with bated breath, Marcel. That's
1: right. Yeah, it's mailbag time. So you send in your questions. You're going to find the the link to send in your questions on Love & Action podcast page on my website. And I'll give you directions on how to do that in a second here. But you send in questions. Rob and I will do our best to point a way forward to you. And so here we go, Rob, Robin from Vancouver, Canada, she writes we're a small company, but growing pretty fast. I'm seeing how leadership issues are affecting the way we do business as we grow. Lots of headaches recently. Some of our higher-ups have also resigned. How do I build a great leadership team to take our company forward? So I'm going to pause right there because... She didn't say what her title was, but I'm assuming that she's probably the CEO or the founder, and she's growing. And uh and it, you know, people are are leaving because the you know, usually what happens is as you grow, you have opposing agendas if you don't have the right values in place to steer forward, steer the way forward towards your mission. So she says higher ups have also resigned. My guess is she's talking about maybe, you know, I don't know, a a, a co-founder or maybe a a VP or um, she's small. So I'm not saying that uh, she has a, you know, a cast of, of 10 vice presidents under her, but uh, yeah, th- that's an issue. So how do you build a great leadership team if she's at this stage of growth and good for you, Robin, that you are growing, but now you have a, a bigger issue is having the right people in those crucial liter- leadership roles to navigate forward as you grow by lease and balance. I don't know. What are your thoughts, Rob?
0: Well, I can't help but notice the all-time great book by Jim Collins, Good to Great. You know, I think foundationally we need to remain as leaders, you know, through Collins' in-depth study, case studies of organizations all around the world, small, medium, large size organizations, whether they're non or for profit. He came to this conclusion, Marcel, you and I know it well, and I'm sure Robin does as well. Is the great leaders, what separates them from the good ones, are ones that operate and function out of a place of humility. Mm. So, Robin, um, the more that you continue, because I'm assuming that you are a very humble person, humble leader, but continue to operate and function out of a very humble place. And what I wanna highlight in the midst of that and build off of that foundation of humility is making sure in the midst of that, having the right people in the seats, sounds like you do now, some reorganization. Making sure moving forward that everyone on your team has a voice that needs to be heard. Sometimes with growth, and this has been a bit of the story of my life, Marcel, you know, starting, founding, co founding nine organizations in 25 years, non and for profit. You get to a certain place and then reorganization and you have to let some people go. You're rehiring and then you finally, uh, not a, we never arrive, but you finally feel good about the people that you have in place. I have found. Being very intentional and consistent, making sure that each team member has a voice that needs to be heard in the creative process, right? People are inspired by big ideas, Yeah. but sharing in that big idea to where they feel like their voice is not only being heard, but they're an active participant in the creative process, is absolutely invaluable. So keep that in mind, Robin. Love to hear yeah. what you think yourself.
1: So. Yeah, for Robin, I would say you know we talked about values already, Rob. So I'm going to bring that topic back mm-hmm. because if you have organizational values, those leaders that you are now looking at, okay, who do I put into those roles? Have to reflect. Not only do they have to uh, have those values kind of ingrained in them, in their character, but are they actually modeling those values? in your organization to take the company forward. I'm a big proponent of um, of values. so so Robin, I would say look at the people that you know and you can trust that are modeling those values, those virtues that are going to be about respecting others. Um, they're going to be about listening to their employees. Uh, Rob talked about, you know, giving people a voice and you want leaders that will do that is to allow people to provide input and insight into and and their best ideas. So those are the kind of leaders that you want to take your company forward. I hope that that helps Robin. I'm thrilled that her company is growing. And I'm I'm telling you, it's like if I had a 100 Robins coming to me with that question, Rob, tell me how you feel about this. Uh, this is such a great place to be is you want the right leaders in place, the right leadership team in place, everyone that is on the same page, rather than those leaders that are self-serving that are going to have opposing agendas. I mean, talk about conflict and drama. If you want to avoid all that, yes, that's that's what you need to do.
0: Without a doubt. And I think what Robin has expressed is remaining a learner as a leader and asking the right questions and uh, really being receptive to input. You know, there is value, tremendous value, in seeking out the counsel of many. And you and I know that, Marcel. It's when, when you're in a challenging season, or even when you're in a good season for that matter, and to be proactive in decision-making, seeking out the help of others in the process. Why? Because there's, you know, what's a strength for one is a weakness of another. So if I have a weaker area, I want to tap into someone else's strength. And in doing so, I'm now being receptive to the input and the feedback of others. So when it comes time for me to make a decision that maybe does rest on me as a senior leader, that I'm meeting with other people involving them in the process and being receptive to where I should go next in the midst of the journey.
1: Yeah, that's great. So if you want to send your question and you want it to be read on the air... You can go to MarcelSchwantos.com and click click on the Love and Action podcast, and you will see a link there. That's all we got for you today. He is the amazing Rob Holman. Hey, Rob, anything going on for our listeners to kind of know uh, about you know your business, your speaking, et cetera, before we close? Yeah, appreciate you, Marcel.
0: This conversation for me personally, uh, in light of the story I shared earlier, um, is such an encouragement, such an inspiration. So thank you for for igniting and inspiring a conversation, not only on the Love and Action podcast, which you do so well, but just in who you are and wherever you go. So really appreciate that. You know, I'm jazzed up about something. In just a few weeks, short uh, time, I'm going to be the closing keynote speaker at the Iowa's Annual Governors Conference on Substance Abuse. I have an opportunity through my message, um, leading the way from within, to basically encourage and inspire uh, medical professionals that have really devoted their lives to helping people in the area of mental and emotional health. So I could not be any more encouraged for that opportunity. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: All right, folks. I'm Marcel Schwantis, and my mission is to spread more actionable love and care in the workplace. To learn more about how Rob and I can help your leaders grow and thrive, hey, the best way to do that is to bring us to speak at your company event or conference. And you can find us on LinkedIn. Or on our website, Rob is at robholman.com. That's Rob with two Bs. And you can visit me on my website, Marcelschwantes.com. See you next time. Bye now.
0: Thank you for listening to the Love in Action podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it, subscribe, and leave us a review. Until next time, don't forget, the future of leadership is love in action. Believe it, practice it and watch your business grow.